0: Hello and welcome to Four Against, a podcast for new friends produced by old friends. I'm your host Mike McFadden. Joining me today are Patrick Lothian, Robbie Silver, and Mike Winan Guys, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: It's always a pleasure. Well, thanks, Mike. It's sometimes a pleasure.
0: <laughs> Appreciate it. So uh, now it's time for our weekly update. Uh, please let our tens of listeners know what's new in your life this week. Let's start with Mike. Uh, I yeah. Um, a big week,
2: uh, learning to train uh, my dog that I've talked about uh, the last few weeks, and he now knows Roscoe. Sit. Roscoe. He now knows Sit and Come Here, and now we're working nice. on uh, Lay Down, which he's he's uh, getting the hang of. Uh, also got a, a new job, which is probably, <laughs> I don't know if that's oh. a smart thing to do right now, but- It's but, official, uh,
3: you locked on the new job?
2: Locked on a new job, so that starts next nice. week. Nice. So. Awesome. All very exciting Congrats. stuff. Congrats. Congratulations, I Mike.
3: Do, I like how when we're talking, we're off off the air, off the podcast. We're able to talk about some stuff. But there's some gems that we've saved for on the podcast, like the big life <laughs> events, which is pretty
1: cool.
0: Yeah, save it for the podcast. We're <laughs> full of them. <laughs> All right, Patrick, what's going on in your life?
1: Speaking of gems, I got married.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Again? I, I was at another wedding.
2: <laughs> that you were the groom at, so this is an interesting update.
0: Is <laughs> uh, anything actually yeah, happening uh, in your life? <laughs>
1: I no, I'm jealous of Mike. I'm I'm against the segment during coronavirus because it makes me feel very sad about my day to day life. I uh, rode my bike.
0: <laughs> you don't like the <laughs> weekly update. <laughs> <laughs> woke up again <laughs> all right very good thanks pad that was constructive Welcome. robbie let's go take it to you What's going on in your life
3: this well this week was a, a momentous week uh, i i know this is a fun podcast so just to be serious just for a moment this was the week uh where where we had uh, the first full week of protest for black lives matter and uh my my workplace we actually took a day or we didn't work and, and completely reflected and learned and we had a guest speaker who is uh, his name is Benjamin Crump and he's actually the attorney for the family of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery um, and Brianna Taylor and so listening to him speak and hearing my colleagues speak and, and reflecting it was just a a big week for education and learning and and hopefully making progress. And, you know, it, it was a, a very difficult week, but it feels yeah. as a whole like a very, uh, actually a unique moment that's bigger than similar moments in the past. And so I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, I'm usually the type of person who keeps these conversations, you know, I have strong feelings, but I keep them uh, usually private. But I think it's important that if you have uh, an opinion that helps move the world forward, even just a little bit, to speak up. So, uh, just hoping for more peaceful protests for a long time to come and hoping that change happens. Yeah,
0: I'd, I'd like to piggyback off of that. I know it's really easy to not say anything, but I think if there's anything that I've learned over the past couple of weeks, it's um, important not to stay silent. And if you don't necessarily know what to say, it's probably important to start learning and, and at the very least start listening more. So hey Robbie, you know, we've never had a serious moment on this show, but thanks for bringing that up because I think that that's, you know, the direction that we need to move. Right.
3: Yeah, I think I think in in this point in time it's it's one of these few things where it's like we have to acknowledge it somehow. Everyone needs to acknowledge it somehow and hopefully acknowledge it in a way that helps move the conversation forward and hopefully it eventually brings more equity and justice for black lives because right now they're not totally treated equitably or totally, uh, fairly justly, you know, so I didn't say that very well, but you know what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. I think that's another thing is we don't have to worry about saying it perfectly. And I think starting a conversation is probably the most important aspect of it.
1: Since I had so much good update stuff, I'll, I'll throw it back to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Robbie brought the serious note out. So I did, um, we went to a, Um, it wasn't really a protest. I mean, I guess it was a protest, um, where, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Demonstration? Um, what? Well, I mean, yeah, it was a demonstration. So it's we live in Tennessee and we live in Knoxville. So it's a little bit bigger, but it was in a smaller town, um, which is really Maryville. Um, and so we had no idea what it was going to look like. And it was really cool because it wasn't, what was asked for was for white people to come out to show that they support black lives. Like that was the mission of it. And I had no idea what it was going to look like being in Tennessee. And we were on both sides of a street and we were in the middle somewhere. And there were people as far as I could see in both directions. Like I couldn't see the end either way. And it was really cool, and you kind of wonder, like, what do some protests do? Um, Obviously, now the protests are growing and growing, so they might do something. But when you have little protests, what does it really do? And what I enjoyed out of it was there was a black Tennessee gentleman who walked the entire line recording on his phone, and he told every single person, thank you so much, I love you. And you saw that even if you could just impact five people and make them feel that they're not alone, like it makes a big difference it's huge. in its own way. So I thought was, I think, that was really cool. Uh, what,
3: what these demonstrations are also, are also doing, they're doing a couple things. They're mobilizing voices that already felt you know, that there was injustice for black lives. And it's mobilizing those voices and those people together to actually be more outspoken. And even for those people who already felt a certain way, like like all of us, I'm sure, I even feel even more aware and educated than I did a week ago. Mm-hmm. In a way that can allow me to be more realistic about uh, the advantages that I have compared to Black people, the disadvantages that they face. Even even my Black friends who come from great backgrounds, I you know, learning more about where they're still treated unjustly, and so that's been huge. But then the second part that I think has been huge this week is is it's also normalizing the conversation, which by the way, it's messed up that it's been like not normalized to admit that black people are treated unfairly, but it's normalized that conversation where now we can go back to relatives and friends who may not be as quickly jumping on this progressive bandwagon. And you can have more frank conversations than we did before. And, you know, I've had that in, in my life already, and hopefully we'll have more to come. And it's not meant to be antagonistic. It's just a way to be able to be realistic and have a, a positive conversation that moves things in the right direction.
0: All right, so that's topic, Hopefully we can try to, you know, segue into the, the main part of the show. But, uh, but I think that this is like a good case study in, like, These conversations are sometimes uncomfortable, but they're still worth having. Um, And even if you don't have a big platform, it's still worth having the conversation. So now it's time to play for or against. Uh, Each one of us is going to bring up a topic and the rest of us will discuss whether we are for or against that topic in stunning juxtaposition, the conversation we just had. We're going to start with Mike Wynan. Mike, lead us off here.
2: Yeah. Uh so I don't know if it's a coincidence that we um uh I went on several pages for the um the elliptico C three, if we can all remember from, from episode one. Uh I've classic getting,
0: segment in the show's history.
2: <laughs> I've been getting quite a few um uh dare I say, um esoteric or, or out there, uh, Instagram and Facebook ads for, uh, interesting, uh, tools for, for people who are on the go and, uh, want to, uh, exercise in unique ways. Uh, and one of these is the Theragun Pro, uh, which is, um, you all saw the, um, The link and the the video that I I sent over to you is... You might need a description for our listeners, though. So it is the uh, elite version and and really the the premier version of what's called a progressive massage gun. Uh, And it's uh, essentially a robot arm that you pay an astounding price to punch you repeatedly (laughs) in a place that (laughs) already hurts. Uh. (laughs) And these things, so I did a little digging, and these things are actually extremely popular in all the rage right now. Um, they're Again, it's imagine um, like a screwdriver, but instead of a screwdriver, instead of a screw at the end or a... Uh, it takes the oscillating motion
0: at the it into a reciprocating action. It and- turns into and- a reciprocating
2: <laughs> robot like- arm. That punches you repeatedly, and it's supposedly soothing discomfort for some reason. Um, (laughs) For the Lolo price of? For the Rolo price of $600. (laughs) This is America. (laughs) Yeah, things that uh, it. um, uh, They will finance it, though,
0: for only $50 a month for the next year. You can it's got have a, the privilege to get subscribed uh, to a, a punching machine. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: it's got a smart app integration in case you want to have an app in one arm and punch yourself in another. <laughs> um, a 300-minute total battery life, which is really confusing to me. is like, why do you want to be punched repeatedly for 300 straight minutes? And why think, are they oh, making that's you, not enough.
3: Why are they making you do the math? Like, what's the minutes to hour conversion? <laughs> yeah. And I have to figure that out.
2: Uh it's five oh, yeah. hours, right? And it <laughs> delivers 60 pounds of force. So it, when I say punching, like, that's a lot. Um, so supposedly it's supposed to, like, break up tissue fibers and knots. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it because as older gentlemen ourselves uh, in our mid-30s, um, I'm starting to feel um, aches and pains when I do runs and stuff. Um, but, like, could this actually work uh so i wanted to go over <laughs> to to uh, uh let's start uh with rob um and your thoughts well on
3: I, I want to start from a slightly different angle because you sent the video over that's it's a one minute advertisement that's promoting this device and within the first five not even five seconds within the first two seconds i was blown away because it starts with this uh really powerful music that's coming from it's as if it's out of the climactic scene from gladiator versus triumphant music and the first line across the screen is the potential for greatness (laughs) i'm like whatever wine is sharing with us is going to be world changing world shattering the potential for greatness and it turns out to be a punching device a a self-punching device of that uh this is so confusing i I've got two fists. I can just punch myself. I I have no idea why people would spend $600 on this.
1: You don't have 60 pounds of force behind those fists.
3: (laughs) That's true. I might have five pounds of force, but I can use those five pounds over and over and over again. I am so against this for $600, for $100, for the video, for anything. this is not necessary. I like
0: the idea of Russell Crowe holding up this machine, just yelling, are you not entertained?
3: <laughs> <laughs> How about
0: you, Mike? Um, so I have uh, seen these devices before. Um, I sometimes watch YouTube chiropractor videos. <laughs> I told if you. you, have wrong, you. But, well, that might have to be a future um, episode, but basically it's like the, the climax is like the huge crack that you hear. Um, <laughs> And the fact that like chiropractors, which I believe are medical professionals are like, you know, posting YouTube videos of their, their clients, I b- believe that violates some sort of HIPAA law, but that's ne- neither here nor there. Um, I have a, a similar product that I actually own and it's called the Theracane and it's like $30 and it's basically just like, think of like a shepherd's hook that has like a little... Plastic knot on the end. And so you can like get to spots on your back that hurt a lot and you can really dig in and get to that deep tissue. Um, it's not robotic. Um, I believe it does not have its uh, pro card. So it's still amateur status. Um, I believe it is still allowed to compete in the Thera Olympics. Um, but uh, uh, I, I like that thing. Um, it was only $30. I don't think I'm willing to spend, um, you know, a 20 times multiple in order to get a similar things. I'm against it.
3: And by the way, if you guys use foam rollers before, like if you've yes. got an achy leg or just
0: get on a foam roller,
3: cost 10 bucks, it's a big piece of foam, roll your body over it, boom, you have achieved the same thing.
0: I feel but- like this machine requires a high degree of like knowledge or else you're just <laughs> gonna end up like with a concussion <laughs> <laughs> or just a big bruise. <laughs> like, see, it's working.
2: Patrick, not to dox you, but you're a person I know that definitely has some, some aches and pains in his life. What are your yes. thoughts? Is this something you would use?
1: Um. Well, to start off, I also saw an ad for this and I almost put it on the list. Wait, after uh, so, the so, yeah, after
0: the elliptico 3C, you saw yep. the same ad?
1: <laughs> I also saw ads for this. Um, and I also was turned off by the music in the video. It did not like that video and then it showed like that it moved into different positions but didn't say like why it was just like look at all the things it could do and then it didn't even show it in
2: use like
1: on <laughs> I somebody. never
0: showed it on a person
2: you guys need to see what happens to your body when this thing punches you <laughs> like the verberations of people's bodies it's one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen <laughs> it's like when you throw a rock on a on a still pond it, like, verberates, only it's human <laughs> flesh. It's disgusting.
1: <laughs> so I am against the uh, the video, the advertisements for this. But I also have seen this for a long time. And I am very intrigued on what it feels like and if it helps. And it seems like it would, or a bunch of people wouldn't be buying it. I would – I'm very against the price. I would go for <laughs> – one of the cheaper versions but i'd really like to try it out yeah there are i hate that yeah the like uh shepherd's hook thing that you have and like the foam rollers i hate doing those because they like feel so (laughs) uncomfortable and like i have trouble doing it to myself so i feel like if i could just hold a punching machine next (laughs) to me to do the same thing that that might work a little better so i am for this
0: okay potentially This
3: this reminds me of uh those machines from like Eighty, a hundred years ago, or it's like if you want to lose weight, just sit <laughs> in this tub and it's gonna <laughs> shake your body around. <laughs> why low, did, low price well,
0: of yeah, Wyndham, what's your take on this thing? Uh, I, th- I think I'm against
2: it. Uh for for myself um in that i have seen what it does to the human body once you see that i think you might, it is uh, might all change your mind. uh but i think uh one you're all welcome because you're going to get this across all social media platforms uh you're going to get oh you visited our page for the next month uh so you'll get to you'll get to see it in action
0: and two i think the Russell Brunson of uh, <laughs> massage therapy. <laughs> That's an Ed. inside joke for the four of us. <laughs> and and to, uh, anyone else in schemey marketing. <laughs> circles.
2: <laughs> you guys will get, um, I think they're just missing out on their, uh, on their, their target market which is just uh, monks who are into flagellating themselves i think they can uh, get those uh those monks the perfect thing a robot arm to punch them and get them into the 21st century so uh for it for them against it for myself i'm also against the uh the teaser that they had for the next version which controls which is going to have an AI component so it knows uh, what you like <laughs> and what you don't like. You. <laughs> but uh, I, think that, I think that might be just the first step um, to uh, a Terminator-type scenario where we have these punching machines punching people to death <laughs> <laughs> and taking over the world. So
0: I'm against that as well. <laughs> All right. Uh, Robbie, let's go on to you. What's your topic? All
3: right. New topic. For, so prefacing it, uh, last week, SpaceX, for the first time in human history, as a private company, launched astronauts into space. And this is really exciting, amazing for space, exciting for the US, exciting for all of us, exciting for mankind. For or against being an astronaut, not for or against astronauts, for or against you yourself being an astronaut. If NASA came to you today and said, Mike McFadden, you are qualified to be an astronaut, you all you have to do is do everything an astronaut does, and you are an astronaut, and we'll launch you into space. Or against you being an astronaut. And McFadden, I would love to start with you.
0: Well, as Robbie knows, I'm a big SpaceX fan. Um, I've become a big space nerd in the past couple of years, um, but largely because of my affinity for Elon Musk. Um, I started doing some research. I've been closely monitoring this for years, and um, I heard the statistic that there was a 1 in 256... Um, Uh, chance that it would be a failure (laughs) the the, the launch and uh, to me that is um, too high of a risk now I know that they have (laughs) a uh, an an escape module built into the machine but um, you know that relies on controlled explosions coming out of metal tubes um, as well and so uh, I think at this point in my life, I've got a, a one-year-old, um, I've got a, a spouse, I've got responsibilities, I've got a job I like. Like that's that's the other thing. It's like I, I don't dislike my job, so it's like, hey, how would you like to play this, uh, you know, game of Russian roulette? That's government-backed, and it's the biggest gun you've ever seen in your entire life. The odds are better than normal Russian roulette, but uh, but uh, basically, the premise exists in the same capacity. So I'd say no. Now. Once um, SpaceX reaches its goal of having Earth to Earth transit on rockets where you can get from like New York to Beijing in 27 minutes, uh, and they've sort of proven that it's as safe as getting onto you know, a 747, then I'm all about it. But to be a professional like astronaut, at this point in my life, I don't think so. I'm against being an astronaut.
3: Would you, would your mind be different if you were 18 years old, no wife, no kids, just carefree but yeah I if i
0: know. was like sitting uh, in class and then like you know the, the pa system's like mr mcfadden please come to the front office and then it's like nasa on the other <laughs> line like we need you <laughs> 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 only you can be you know the one i would be like okay i will um you know take that responsibility on but as a 35 year old with a, a young child and responsibilities a career that i enjoy i don't think i'm ready to, to throw that all away to uh, embark upon uh you know a mission to space fair uh patrick how about you
1: yeah (laughs) no (laughs) i'm i'm against this for me um i it feels like you're going on like an amusement park ride and that's cool but then the risks are high as mike said and then I'd be, I'd be done with it. I'd be like, okay, that was a cool experience. I don't need more up there for like a year or whatever. Not my bag. I don't know. I like her. That's cool. <laughs> the one thing I want to know is, so that always gets me is there's, there's talk of like, oh, if, if we ruin this planet, then we'll have to go to Mars and figure out how to live there. But like, if we mess up this planet so bad that it's not like we can't live on it, we'd have to do so much to make Mars livable. Why don't we just do that here? (laughs) So like build those big like domes on Earth. Like, why do we have to go to Mars to do that? I never understood that. Anybody know?
0: Yeah, I know.
3: Yeah, I know too.
1: You can talk to Elon Musk. He'll tell you.
0: But basically, it's, it's an insurance policy on the human race, and it's also step one in becoming a uh, not just biplanetary species, but a multiplanetary species and exploring the stars and spreading to unknown corners of the no, galaxy. I, I the get that part.: Star I get Trek that failure. part. It's,
1: the, it's when people talk about like, if we ruin this planet, then we have to move to Mars, and that seems dumb.
0: Well, at some But point, also the that's... technology that you would it, it develop in order to terraform Mars could then also be uh, applied to the lesser challenge back on Earth. That's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like memory foam mattresses, originally developed by NASA and now uh, consumed by millions of people across the world.
3: I think part of the point, Pat, too, is that whether we intend to or not, at some point, there could be something catastrophic that could happen on Earth. It could be a man-made catastrophe, it could be a natural catastrophe. But at some point,:
0: Saragun-related some... <laughs> catastrophe.
3: <laughs> and so, and so one to, the to To be able to have essentially, if you have a hard drive, if you have a computer with all your data on it you want to back that data up on a hard drive and you want to back it up to another hard drive. And the more hard drives we have to back it up to... Dude, get a even... cloud
0: service, Robbie.
3: Or maybe a cloud <laughs> service one day. Uh, but so that Mars is our first backup hard drive, essentially. Uh, uh, anyways. You idiot. <laughs> Mike Mike Winant, how do you feel about being an astronaut?
2: Uh, I, I think this, is, this question has pivoted a little bit. Uh, me personally being an astronaut, sure, I'll get on a rocket. I don't know
0: um let's do it YOLO um but uh you're asking Soking like about a true the, millennial um the... I believe that was originally coined by uh Neil Armstrong right yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> one step for mankind YOLO YOLO um
2: but um yeah I would absolutely do it my grandfather was a fighter pilot I got it in my blood um, <laughs> uh he was a test pilot so I feel like wait so to
3: be that. clear you're saying YOLO which is awesome but are you keeping in mind everything that it takes to be an astronaut? The the years of intense training mentally, physically, the long term isolation that you have away yeah. from people. Yeah, sure.
2: YOLA. I Just I'd, Yola. Uh, I'd love some determination, some um some dedication and direction in my life at this <laughs> I'm on my third job in six months voluntarily. <laughs>
0: uh, so. About to be four. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah so. Uh, astronaut Um, but the question of uh terraforming uh um mars mars uh i'm against that it sounds uh very ayn rand atlas shrugged um type scenario where all the rich people get to go uh live on while they destroy (laughs) our planet Um, And so I'm very much against that. I've got uh, a a less than rosy view of Elon Musk and his view of the future than I think you do, Mike. Uh, (laughs) But we'll save that for another.
3: Yeah, definitely a future uh, floor against topic. (laughs) Uh, Just to wrap it up, uh, I I feel very similar to similarly to McFadden. I am against me personally being an astronaut. Uh, I'm fairly content with where I'm at in my life right now. There are so many risks involved. So much hard work. I have so much respect for actual astronauts, but uh, I could not be one. I'm scared of roller coasters, so how could I go on a <laughs> space shuttle? Uh, okay, anyways, that's all I got. Thank <laughs> you, Robbie.
0: Okay, let's move on to Pat. Pat, what's your topic for today?
1: Um, Can you do me a favor and tell me... What my topic is for
0: <laughs> You're very topic. tired. According to the outline is folding smartphones. We want to give us some background as to why you can uh, Yeah
3: smartphones. really, really quickly though, Pat, you might want to turn off your video now because you are getting shaky with your audio and your video
2: too.:
1: Okay, is that better? Sure.: yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, yeah, so I don't know if you guys saw there's folding smartphones now um so you could take your phone and you fold it in half but it's still a smartphone and it's still a phone for or against
0: <laughs> would you like to leave us Bobby. off
1: <laughs> Bobby, 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 take I,
0: it away.
3: I haven't seen like the actual version is it essentially an iphone or a, a phone like an iphone that just folds
0: i don't think there's a iphone no no
3: i i, I don't think apple has a version but it, whether it's samsung or whatever it is is there is it basically an iPhone that folds?
1: Yeah, so it's basically an Android phone that folds. And what's the... Like, picture st- a phone, so I guess it's an and there's two Android. of yes. them next to each other. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and wh- why is this... What was thing? the question, Robin? Why, why does this exist? Well, like, what's the benefit to that?
1: So the idea, the idea is that you, you have a phone, then you can unfold it into a tablet so that you have more screen real estate for whatever you're doing. Oh man, I haven't really thought about this.
3: I think I'm against. Because... I added it on
1: there like 40 minutes ago, Robbie. You had plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. Plenty of time to do
0: research.
3: <laughs> and I like how uh, McFadden and Wine added links to theirs, multiple <laughs> links, and I'm yours very is very a totally smartphone. I. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine. I feel like the folding would at first add more bulk into my pocket, which I already have enough bulk in my pocket. I carry my wallet in one front pocket, my phone in the other front pocket. I actually have a second phone for work, so I've got two phones in the front pocket. Oh,
0: that's and, horrible.
3: And then you add a folding phone on top of this. Um, <laughs> I think you'd replace one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't see the benefit. Of, I feel like I've got plenty of space on my current phone. Now, given. Uh, when the iPad first came out, people like, "Why does this exist? We have smartphones and we have laptops, so why do you need a device this big in between?" But why do I need a device in between? Is what I'm saying. I guess I'm I'm very satisfied with the size of my phone right now, and I'm satisfied with my laptop uh, and the existing tablets. I don't yeah, I don't need a fully phone.
2: Again, cool.
0: All right. Again,
1: whining.
2: Where are you? <laughs> uh, I think this is. Um, this one's not gonna not gonna kick off like the iPad did. I'm against it. Um, I can't understand why I would want to see less of my screen instead of more of it. Um, I think if I if I was a woman and had had um, small pockets because of the patriarchy, maybe that would be a good reason. <laughs> I'm really trying to have a stretch to figure out a reason why I would need something like this. Um, Against. Well, you,
1: do br- you bring up a good point because Razer, y'all remember the Razer phone, they yes. came out with a folding phone and theirs is doing what Mike's talking about, where you have a full-size phone that then folds in half to make a half-size phone.
2: Why can't we just have all genders have pockets that are useful? <laughs> That's
1: really the
3: issue here. I agree the cargo <laughs>
0: pockets for everybody. <laughs> aftermarket cargo shorts. pockets. Yeah, let's get into <laughs> that for next.
2: Pocket
1: equality episode. for all.
0: Yeah.
1: I like it. How about you, Mike Fadden? What my Fadden?
0: Um I I haven't found the utility in what like what this would bring me. Um although that being said, every time I've bought a new iPhone, the screen has been bigger. And before I owned it, I was like, why would I need a screen that, that's big, that is that big? And then I had it. I was like, I'm really glad that I have this large screen. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't knock it. But I also feel like um, that it, it's probably unnecessary and maybe actually worse in, in some ways. But you know, that being said, I've never actually seen one or held one. Um, I would reserve uh, my full opinion. But at, at this point, I'm definitely against the folding smartphone. Do you have a, a take on it, Pat? Do you, do you feel differently? Um,
1: I don't think I feel differently now. Because like now they're, like Robbie's said, they're probably like big and bulky and they are. And they're, <laughs> they don't really fold that well either. So they're big, bulky. They don't fold well. Microsoft, though, you guys know how I like my <laughs> Windows phone. They're coming out with a Surface phone that runs Android. And it folds, but it's two screens with, that's split in the middle. And they showed like you doing one activity on the left and one on the right. And it was like, oh, look at all the activities I could do. But then I realized I will never do that. Like you have so many things where it's like, oh, these are so many cool things it could do. And then you never do any of those things. You just like browse the web. Is that like, <laughs> like
3: made for, for Wall Street traders that need multiple screens? I, well, I think
1: it is it is made more for like businessy functions. So like you have your email open and then maybe you have your maps open and your scheduling stuff
0: the way that you're describing it it's like two screens that both fold it's like an origami fortune teller
1: <laughs> that would be cool
0: that i would take so
1: i am against it now but i can see like in the future like you've seen like in future tv and movie they have like oh it's a glass phone and it's just like so thin so at that point when you have like a phone that's as thin as ours are now and it full unfolds perfectly and then it's a tablet i could see that being pretty cool because then you just have a big screen all the time. Um, but right now I am against.
3: I would rather just skip ahead to the technology where there's a clear pane of invisible glass in front of you that you can just move with your hands and swipe that way and then it just disappears. That's what I want. Nothing Minority that you can put in your pockets.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's gonna end up being some sort of uh, AR lens that like displaces the phone altogether.
1: Yep. Possible. Yep
0: all right well i 'm going to go now, um, so I, I shared a link with you guys i 'm going to read um, an obituary now that 's sort of a strange thing to read, but this this obituary was uh, unique it 's for a guy named Randall Jacobs and for our listeners. Uh, here we go. Randall Jacobs of Phoenix died at sixty five having lived a life that would have sent a lesser man to his- Brave decades earlier. His friends called him RJ, but to his family, he was Uncle Bunky, aka the Bunkster. He told his last joke, which cannot be printed here on May 4th, 2020. Uncle Bunky burnt the candle and whatever else was handy at both ends. He spoke in a gravelly patois of wisecracks, mangled metaphors, and inspired profanity that reflected the Arizona dive bars, Colorado, Colorado ski slopes. In various dodgy establishments where he spent his days and nights, he was a living, breathing Hang loose sign, a swaggering hybrid of Zoni Desert Rat, Soco, uh, SoCal Hobo, and Telluride Ski Bum, a prolific purveyor of bunkyisms such as Save a Clown or Zebo if he was in a mood. He would mercil- uh, mercilessly tease his Goombats nephews with nicknames such as Mudflap and Style Master. Just days after his beloved uh, Cat Kidders passed away, he too succumbed to the great uh, gra- Gradu, leaving behind a vapor trail Trail of memories and a piece of sage advice lingering in his loved ones' ears. Do what Bunky say, not what Bunky do. For all his chaotic energy and hysterical charm, he had a gentle soul. A night out with Bunky could result in a court summons or a world class hangover, but his friends and family would drop whatever they were doing to make a trip out to see him. His impish smile and irreverent sense of humor were enough to quell whatever sensibilities he offended. He didn't mean any harm. That was just Bunky being Bunky. When the end drew near, he left us with a final bunkyism. I'm ready for the dirt nap, but you can't leave the party if you can't find the door. You found the door, but the party will never be the same without him. In lieu of flowers, please pay someone else's uh, bar, p- uh, Please pay someone's open bar tab, smoke a bowl, and fearlessly carve out some fresh lines through the trees on the gnarliest side of the mountain. <laughs> that is the obituary for the bunkster. Mike Wynan, what is your take on uh, Uncle Bunky, you for or against Randall Jacobs?
2: Man, that guy's living the life. I'm for uh, Randall Jacobs in this life or the next. Uh, really makes me want to listen to the song, Roll Me Up and Smoke Me When I Die by the great Willie Nelson. Um, and, and it seems like it's that same uh, same type of lifestyle. Um, and so um, I'm for, I'm interested, in Mike, my- Do you know this man or did you know this man?
0: I don't. I I happened upon this on uh, Twitter and uh, it was somebody that had tweeted this, this obituary and it just said, now that's an obituary. (laughs) It was the entirety (laughs) of the tweet. And, and I concurred. Yeah. That was quite the obituary.
2: When somebody uh, is um, being a jerk, I like to call them by uh, positive, but, but clearly not serious. Uh, serious names might call him like Boss and Ace. And that really, hate people hate that. I feel like this is something uh, this man you would, would do as well. You always call me Ace. <laughs> 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 Whatever, champ. Um, and, and so I'm going to get back into doing that uh, in his memory and, and uh,
0: listen to some more Willie. Um, Pat, for against the bunkster.
1: Um, I, well, I'm very for him. That sounds like a fun dude. I'm also for like just the the funness of the obituary and how it celebrates him. Like, I like that, that it's like more of a celebration of him than it is just, this is his name and this is what he did. I I am very for that. So yeah. I would love to live a life that could uh, earn an obituary, anything like this.
0: All right. Robbie, what do you think?
1: I, I'm amazed. Uncle Bunky seems like
3: a mythical figure almost he's like a buffalo bill yeah. <laughs> like a guy who existed but his story was larger than life and it makes me think about how you know like sometimes especially when we were younger more so you would say we're gonna have a night out with the guys and you have in your mind what you envision that night's going to be like maybe it's maybe it's uh, even a bachelor party like this is going to be the most epic night or epic weekend ever and then you go, and at least in my case, it's more just like, hey, how you guys doing? Drink a couple of beers, you know, play some games.
0: Oh, or it's out. a bachelor party, and then the groom's friends want to go to the World War II museum instead of go to uh, the bars in New Orleans. That was actually pretty fun. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is a very accurate way to describe my bachelor party. <laughs> that
0: was fun. It was fun. It was a good museum.
3: And, and so it, I guess my point is that the, the description here of Uncle Bunky it sounds like he lived out what I hope for just for like a single night, but he sounded, it sounds like he did this nearly every day of his life. And frankly, I wouldn't want to live my life that way. It's unsustainable for most people. And I, I can barely stand one night like that, but I think if you can do it clearly, I mean, he died at what, the age of 65?
2: 65. Sixty-five. So, uh, yeah. There well, is a maybe. picture,
3: there is a picture of him on this obituary and he's got uh I mean, probably a million lines on his face. See, This isn't a put down, but he looks like he's probably 40 years older than he actually was.
0: Because all our parents are around 65. And this they guy do not looks look like that. Years older. He looks like yeah. an old catcher's <laughs> mitt.
3: Yeah, he really does. And, and I guess he that's lived just, hard, not long. It's a testament to, yeah, he lived hard. So for Uncle Bunky, for him living life to the furthest and to the fullest and, and for this obituary.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that I wanted to say about this, and you know, I'm for uh, un- Uncle Bunky, is that I would never want to live like this my, myself. But I'm so glad that there are people that do live like this because <laughs> to be able to, you know, live vicariously even through this obituary just, you know, brings a little light to my to my world. All right, any uh, any final parts on uh, on Uncle Bunky here? Love Uncle Bunky. All right, very good. So uh, this Bunky. just about, oh, what
1: rest
0: in peace <laughs> rest in cool. peace thank you i like
2: that that doesn't a question a rest question
0: in <laughs> rest in peace um that just about wraps up episode number four but before we leave i uh, thought we'd do our, our instant review and, and whip around and uh find out how we did let's start with robbie how, how did this go compared to episode <clears throat> four uh
3: this was probably the most roller coaster esque of our episodes so far you know we started with some fun, and then very quickly turned into a serious tone for for several minutes. Uh, and then we talked about some quirky gadgets, talked about career choices, uh, obituaries. I, I, Pat, I, I don't know. Pat was Pat as he always is. <laughs> uh, as a whole, I think we we did ramble a bit, but I actually had a lot of fun. Uh, so. Overall, good. I'd say a solid seven for today's episode.
0: All right. That, that's the highest we've rated so far on the Robbie scale. I don't know what it goes up to, but I don't know either. But that's tied with our first episode, I think. Uh, 98. Maybe, yeah. Um, uh, Wynan, uh, I want to go to you and I also want to talk to you specifically about what do you think about the Zoom format? This is the first time our listeners don't know, but we, we're recording on Zoom as opposed to an audio only medium.
2: Um, I forgot that I was on camera, so apologies if I was picking my nose or anything during it. Could you put but, pants on? At the, least underwear. Next <laughs> time, next time I will. Well, don't Uncle Bucking wouldn't approve of you trying to put me in a <laughs> box true. like that. I don't think. Uh, no, I like that it was a little bit rambling. Um, I think the um, you know, we stayed kind of away from the format that we had, and I'm actually not um opposed to that. Whatever this turns into, if we keep doing this. If it changes a little bit to being a little less structured, I think that would be fun because our, our tagline is a podcast for friends, and I really did feel like I spent some time with my friends today, um, and I miss that uh, in, in the world that we have right now, so thanks guys for that. It's going to set set my day up to to be a nice one, I think, so thanks.
3: I agree, and the yeah. cherry on top of that is that Pat turned off his camera, <laughs> so we didn't have to look at him. <laughs>
0: I would turn it on. Um, also, uh, Robbie and, and Pat, Wynan and I have been having some offline discussions about what this might um, evolve into, if anything, in the future. So just something to think about. Pat, what do you think for the instant review portion of this episode?
1: Um, I think it would go better if everybody could remember their t- topics. <laughs>
0: oh, to I record. wonder who that was. <laughs> or could commit to a time to record. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. I didn't have three dogs <laughs> there was... yeah
2: we record these very early on Sunday mornings. So I don't know if people know that, so it's hard to be funny uh... yeah
1: um, I do want to point out not about this episode, but I don't know if uh if it was if it was written in the the second episode or was it the third one one of that the second episode, my yeah. audio is the second episode is delayed by several seconds, and so I either sound like i'm Really delayed or in what my response is, or that you guys really found my silence funny and then I tried to make a joke afterwards. So, just a heads up to the listeners.
0: I'm buying that you happened. a microphone about, for you uh, about birthday. the previous episode. <laughs> good, good timing to put it. And this is episode four. <laughs> Pat's referring to something that happens so at the beginning two. of episode two.
2: <laughs> your uh, your okay, birthday's
0: well, August 3rd, so we're getting you a mic.
2: <laughs> <Yeah. Cool.
0: laughs> um I, I think i like the zoom format uh, just as, as my last piece of uh, advice and i feel i think robbie was sort of touching on this um i don't think this has to be a, a like quoted or like uh, pegged as like a comedy podcast but i think sort of just i think there's something to like people who actually like each other like having a conversation and so hopefully other people uh, resonate with that uh i know i know i'm enjoying it so thank you guys thank Take you
1: mike
3: it's fun
0: all right so that just about wraps it up so thank you listeners for joining us today if you haven't already please subscribe and leave a review on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you do your listening except for stitcher because we're not there yet uh we'd also love to connect with you online you can find us on instagram twitter and tiktok at for or against pod find us there and catch you next time bye (laughs) alexa
2: play roll me up and smoke me when i die